0: Hello, everybody. Yes, I got only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Oh, it's forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. (laughs) I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. It's just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity, one more time to be on with you and to share some ideas that I hope will empower, inspire, encourage, uplift, and help you to have greater wealth, health, and wisdom in every part of your life. So I am grateful, grateful, grateful for this opportunity to be on with you. I am Dr. Willie Jolly, and you're listening to the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast all over the world now all around the world. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you who has helped to make this show a number one selling show and rated show for self-help on this network. And I am grateful. And you know, I always take a moment to uh, to give God some glory. I'm grateful. I give God some glory. I am proud and loud about it because I am so blessed And, you know, it's a terrible thing to get a gift, to get a blessing. And you don't take the time to say thank you. So I give God glory. I say thank you, God, for the gifts, the blessings, all that you've done, all that you have been, and all you continue to do. You know, I know everybody doesn't believe like I do, but I'm okay with that. But I know which side of the bread my bread is buttered on and who's doing the buttering, and I'm giving God the glory. And my ongoing statement is God's gift to you is life. Your gift to God is what you do with your life. So I'm encouraging you to do something extraordinary with your life, something outstanding with your life, and something magnificent with your life, no matter where you are in your your journey, that you do the best you can with what you got to give. So I am grateful, 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 grateful. Next thing I want to do is give you a quick thank you message to the folks who helped make this possible. That's our sponsor, Mm -hmm. our friends at Truist Bank. We're happy to have the support of Truist Bank. And I want to tell you about Truist Money and Mindset. The way you think and feel about money can affect your confidence, and frankly, your total well-being. That's especially true when life gets real, throws challenges your way, and knocks knocks you off track. No no matter what happens, you must understand the power of money and mindset. So now, Money and Mindset from Truest gives you tips and tools to help you feel more financially prepared through your planned life moments, and when life just happens, you are also ready. Folks, This is a wonderful tool that you need to know about. You can check it out at Money and Mindset on truist.com. Just go to truist.com, look for Money and Mindset, and you'll find it in the main menu. You'll be glad you did. Now, that is a great segue. I've been talking about giftings and using your gifts and doing all you can with what you got. Well, the guest I have today has done that. He has done that over and over again. He is now in his uh, 80s. He's in his 80s. He'll tell you exactly how, how many 80s, but he has had a magnificent, incredible life. He has had more experiences just about than anybody I have ever met. He's one of my mentors, he's one of my friends, and he's one of the folks who encourage me and give me wise counsel. His name is Carlos Campbell. He's a businessman extraordinaire, he's an author, a filmmaker. A public servant, a public speaker, he has been on the board of, oh, man, so many publicly and privately held corporations. He's one of the the largest uh, or the longest terms or the greatest number of public and private uh, board uh, members in the world. He's a board member and a fellow of the National Association of Corporate Directors, And he has been also a Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Economic Development with the U.S. Department of Commerce. He served on the President's Council on Integrity and Efficiency as a member of the United States Department of the Treasury Task Force. He's been all over the world. He's a pilot. He has served in the Navy. He was a commission officer, and he has had some of the most incredible life experiences with some of the most incredible people that you would ever know from his childhood. When he tells you who he grew up sitting under, you'll understand why he is so broad and rounded in his thinking. He is one of my dear buddies and one of my great mentors, Carlos Campbell. Carlos, are you there?
1: Thank you, Dr. Jolly. I appreciate that introduction and I appreciate you having me on your show.
0: Well, look, I am I am so honored to have you. I've been wanting to have you for so long. And every time we talk, I just say, man, how, how can you fit that much in a one life? It's a, it's amazing to me. So why don't you give me a little thumbnail in the minutes we have now where you came from and, and how you got to be uh, in, even in the position to have the kind of life you've had.
1: Thank you. Well, first of all, I accredit whatever success I have had to my father and to Jesus. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm I'm very much a believer in what Dick Gregory called the God force. Yes. Without that force, I wouldn't be here.
0: Amen. Uh,
1: I was born in Harlem in 1937 on Edgecombe Avenue. Uh, our neighbors were icons, uh W.B. E. Du Bois, Paul Robeson, Count Basie, and Joe Lewis. Now Count Basie and Joe Lewis moved to St. Albans when my dad moved. My folks got divorced when I was five. We moved to St. Albans. We were surrounded by superstars, Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, uh, Count Basie, Ella Fitzgerald, Ray Brown, Illinois Jackett, Winoni Harris. So people like this, the Bill Kenney, the Spots, the Fats Wallace, uh, Sons, Maurice, so you grow up seeing nothing but stars, and that gives you confidence in yourself from an ethnic standpoint. My father was an immigrant from Panama. He came to the United States in 1925 at the age of 21, spent a brief time in Cuba. He worked his way through high school, to Harran High School, which became E. Clinton or the other way around. And then he worked his way through St. John's, Graduated in 1933, Uh, he was on the cover of the Panama Gazette newspaper when he graduated because he realized that dream. He was a tough taskmaster. He uh, opened an accounting practice at 209 West 125th Street in Harlem. That was called the Heart of Harlem. Then he opened a barbershop for his friend, Luther Drakeford. And business was going so well that he went to the bank to borrow money to open up two more. And the banker said, young man, you have your nerve asking to borrow this kind of money. But if you have the nerve to ask, I have the nerve to make the loan. So he had three barbershops. He was also in the National Guard in the 369th. And he was a staff sergeant there. And then after the war, he uh, sold the barbershops and he opened a liquor store. And then in 1957, he founded Allied Federal Savings and Loan. Uh, It was the second Black-controlled financial institution in the history of New York City. So he did that in 1957. And he owned a lot of real estate and things like that. So he was a very devout and focused businessman. He was like, Mm. like many West Indians. That's part of the culture. I graduated from high school at the age of 16 in 1954 and got a scholarship to Michigan State to run track. Well, the scholarship was a work program, so you get enough money to pay your room and board and you you get a book card. So uh, he sat me down. He said, look, you're going to work your way through. I did it during the depression, and you're going to do it. So... You know, I just saluted with whatever going on. And then two years, I think a year later, I tried out one of the coaches asked me to out for the football team. So I made a football team. And I just wanted to do that because I loved, you know, I never played football. And I had a roommate, Clarence Peets, who took me under his wing and really taught me how to play. And the difference between being fast and being quick and keeping your head up and your eyes open and, you know, Duffy's uh, came from the school of pain, where he said, if you want to make this team, you have, to, you, you have to hurt somebody. And so you had to be very physical. So my father found out I was on the football team, and my grades were suffering. And uh, he came out and talked to me. I was a city champion in high school, city, state, and county in track. And he talked to me like the NFL was standing outside my door waiting to get me. I wasn't trying to get drafted. I had no desire to play pro football. I just wanted to make the varsity football team, the traveling team. I was a red shirt because the football players had the best social arts. So I just, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to socialize, you know what I'm saying? So, so I, I left the football team. He had a philosophy that was very interesting. He said, there's no substitute for hard work. Hmm. The biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. Don't make excuses, excuses make good. Respect.
0: Say that again. Say those again. So it is again, because those are powerful.
1: Okay, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. Yes. There's no substitute for hard work.
0: No substitute for hard work.
1: Right. Don't yes. make excuses. Don't make, make excuses, good. make good. Make good. No, Just get no, it no done. No substitute for hard work. No substitute. Respect the rights of others. Respect yourself. And he said, and then he had all, all these things he was about. And then he said, sleep fast.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> know, that has been a, 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 a message I've heard from a lot of achievers. Sleep fast.
1: Sleep, sleep fast. So he gave me a, a lot of advice. Mainly, he got me to put my priorities in order giving up football. And he said, the only car you can afford is the one you can buy for cash.
0: How I want to stop right there. I want to say that again, folks, because Carlos often says this when we're in in meetings with uh, other achievers. He says, remember to the young ones, the only car you can afford is the one you buy for cash because you're giving portions of your money away in interest payments. Am I right?
1: Exactly. You know, so we don't pay interest. My first car cost me $135, and I sold it two years later. For thirty-five dollars, <laughs> <laughs> my second car cost me about three hundred and fifty dollars, and then I moved up. I got one for about seven fifty, you know. <laughs> but and, but I, I keep my, you know. Today I have two cars. I one is I think fourteen years old, uh, and that the other one's uh, four years old. I've got a BMW and a pristine Mercedes convertible. Uh, And that's the one that's 14 years old. It looks like it's it's still in the showroom.
0: And you bought it without paying any interest? I paid cash for it. That's right. So, folks, this is a part of the reason I wanted him on, because he talks about wealth building and the mindset, how he learned these things from W.B. Du Bois and his dad and uh, all the great achievers. There are some lessons he's going to share in this interview from people he's met. I'm telling you, folks, you want to take out a pad and pencil and catch the pearls as they come, because he's going to be dropping them on you because he drops them on me all the time. And I say, oh, stop. I got to write that one down. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show. And for sure, and for sure, and for sure, the best is yet to come. We'll be right back. ready to revolutionize your relationship with money? I'm Brian Ford, a financial wellness expert.
1: And I'm Bright Dixon, an expert in positive psychology. Together, we host Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, a podcast from Truist Bank that's all about exploring the relationship between
0: your money, your mindset, and your well-being. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or truest.com forward slash money and mindset podcast. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast around the world and around the country from border to border and coast to coast and around the world now globally on podcast. You can get it on iHeart. Radio, C-suite radio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Willy Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast is available 24-7 for you. We've got the best and the brightest interviews there to help you create wealth, health, and wisdom, and you can do it. I also want to encourage you to go to winwithwilly.com winwithwilly.com. That's my website portal. It's a big website. It's a full service website where we have numerous other websites all on that site. So you can go to my marriage site. You can go to my faith-based site. You can go my youth motivational site. You can go to my music site. We got sites there to take you. and You can have, it's like Disney World. You could be there all day having fun with information, inspiration, and entertainment. So make sure to go to winwithwilly.com. And when you're there, sign up for my newsletter. Once a week, I send out the tips of the things I've been learning, whether it's in the interview here on XM or whether it's in my life journey and things that will help you. And it's free. What I say, it's free, F-R-E-E. So go to winwithwilly.com And look for the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways newsletter. Sign up for it, and you'll get some goodies when you do it as well. You get access to some free ebooks, some free music, some free uh, articles, things that will help you. Our goal is to help more people to win more, to create wealth, and to create long-term legacy that outlives them and even outlives the next generation. We are we're trying to set goals for a hundred years out, and that's what we're trying to help you do. Well, my guest today is someone who has helped me to do that kind of thinking. He's the Honorable Carlos E. Campbell. He is a extraordinary businessman. When I first heard of the word SPAC, uh, that is a term that many people are now talking about. I heard it from Carlos. And I said, Carlos, what is that? He, he explained it to me. When I wanted to learn about being on a corporate board, one of my goals now to be on a corporate board, I went to Carlos. I said, Carlos, you've been on somewhere in like 40 or so corporate boards. Tell me what it takes to be a good board member, what I can do to help the company grow their profits and their performance. What do I need to know? And he's Schooled me on on being a corporate board because he's been on so many, and he has even started a bank. And so I am so honored. He's a former assistant secretary of commerce. He understands economics. He understands uh, science. He understands philosophy, and he's a pilot. He he was telling the story of growing up. In Harlem, uh, with his neighbors being W.E.B. Du Bois and Jackie Robinson and so many others, and what he learned in that process. And from his father, he was an achiever's achiever. But then Carlos went to, uni- uh, to Michigan to ca- uh, university, and then he left there. And how did you get in the Navy, Carlos? I went
1: to the Officer's Candidate School in Newport, Rhode Island, when I graduated, you know, right after I graduated from Michigan State. I graduated in March of 1959 so i worked for an engineering firm a snell associates who dr snell turned out to be the next door neighbor to george romney who i would end up working for uh when i got out of the navy so i went to ocs i was the only black person in my class we had about 300 officer candidates seamen apprentices and i didn't have to learn how to get along with white folks i had to learn to get along with myself mm. the lesson and when we had the weapons exam uh that washed out half the class. Wow. And I very anxiously went up to the board every Friday. They put the grades up on the board. And I went on on a bulletin board and I went out, I was number three in the weapons exam. So from that day on, I knew I wasn't as dumb as I looked. <laughs> so I got through weapons and then I went through you know, various schools and I got my wings as the naval flight officer. I had a great time, the best years of my life. I stayed in, on active duty for nine years. And Navy. you were
0: actually a pilot.
1: I got my license as a pilot when I got out of the Navy.
0: Oh, okay. All right. But so, you were in the Navy and you right. traveled around the world and you even met my uncle, Dick uh, Williams, uh, Richard Williams, who was one of the first African-American commanders of a base. And uh, I'm giving him a shout-out because he's also in his mid-80s. How old are you now, Carlos?
1: 84. I, I spoke with Dick yesterday.
0: Wow. All right. Fantastic. Well, he's my uncle and I just love him a lot. He always has given me good counsel and good encouragement. Well, Carlos continued to have achievement. He got out of the Navy. He got uh, into government. He got into government. He worked for George Romney. I mean, you have had so many lives, man. You had just like one life and then you make a, a complete change from that. So you went from working in the Navy and you went completely different. Tell us about where you went next.
1: Well, I left the Navy, and I worked uh, for Controlled Data Corporation as a senior systems analyst. And then Sam Jackson, he was a brother. He was uh, in in President Nixon's subcabinet, and I had met President Nixon. And coincidentally, Nixon's naval aide, Craig Campbell and I, were classmates at the Naval Postgraduate School. And I had met Nixon when he came to Michigan State. So I worked in his administration with Sam Jackson at HUD. And then after that, I got fellowships to write a book on new communities. I got one from the Ford Foundation and one from the National Endowment for the Arts. And I I basically applied to the National Endowment for the Arts and as a backup, I applied to Ford. And I got both grants, so I wrote a book on new communities. Margaret Mead wrote the epilogue, Harvey Cox, a theologian at Harvard, wrote the book. Let's
0: stop for a minute there. you, You mentioned Margaret Mead. Margaret Mead, the great anthropologist, is that correct? Correct. She was a dear friend of yours.
1: Absolutely. I invited her to Reston. She spent a day with me in Reston. I produced a film festival and focused on agency with the honorary executive producer. She did my television show, and we were very close. She helped me a lot.
0: Tell me something you learned from Margaret Mead.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Probably the most unpretentious person that I've ever met with incredible common sense. Mm. When when, when we get a luncheon for her, the developer of Reston, Bill Magnus, and I said, how do I introduce you, Dr. Mead? She said, Carlos, that's not my name. My name is Margaret. (laughs) And then when people came up to her at the Lake Inn Plaza, it says, aren't you Margaret Mead, aren't you? And she just looked at me, she says, Carlos, this is my public. (laughs) <laughs> when the book came out, I went up to see her at Columbia. I know at the, uh, where was she? I think, no, she wasn't in Columbia. She was at the Museum of Natural History, someplace. So I wanted to see her. And I gave her six books. And she said, take four of these back. Don't give all your books away. You'll never make any money. You know, th- th- things like that.
0: Common sense is not a common thing, folks. He said right. she was a woman of common sense, and she was a woman who got things done. And, and, and as we're talking about people you knew and you met, that, let me t- take a moment as you've gone through this life. You've got, you, you've got a friend that many people know named Jim Brown, and he's one of your best buddies.
1: Yeah, and, Jim. I met Jim in L.A. I was trying to get work as an actor. I got in the drill in, in, in the union. And uh, I was a good friend of uh, Greg Marsh. He was, he was on Mission Impossible. Right. I got to meet a lot of the people. And Jim, you know, since we we're both from Long Island, he said, anytime you're in LA, you have a place to stay. He's living by himself at a place we call the pad up at the, at the top of Sunset Plaza. From his house, you could see downtown LA. Look ahead, you could see LAX, the airport. Look to the right, you can see the Pacific Ocean. And uh, you look far enough to see Mount Fuji in Japan. Wow. He has the most spectacular view you can imagine. So we just hit it off as friends. And, you know, we, we hung out a lot with interesting people. When he took me over to uh, a place in Beverly Hills, there were like six Ferraris, huge tennis court, swimming pool. It was Dean Martin's house.
0: Wow, Jeannie,
1: and I met uh, the the woman who sued Lee Marvin for palimony, Michelle Marvin. We used to play. We all played tennis together. Wow! They, they treated us like royals. They would make our lunch and stuff like that. So you know, I met a lot of nice people through Jim. I was at give, me a n- the, give me a
0: couple of give me a couple of learning lessons you met you got from Jim Brown because he 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 well, was the dominant football player. And he retired at the top of of his game. He retired uh, when he was still setting records in the prime of his life. He said, I'm done. Uh, Tell me how he thinks like that. He went from one career to another, and he excelled at each one.
1: Well, let me put that in perspective. He's in the Hall of Fame for lacrosse in college. He's in the Hall of Fame for football in college. He's in the Hall of Fame in the NFL for football he was third team All American in basketball. He plays fifth in the decathlon. He is the most tenacious athlete I've ever known. I had breakfast with Sam Huff out at the Marriott, maybe seven or eight years ago. And he said, Jim was the greatest athlete that ever played the game. That came from Sam Huff. Wow. And, he, and, he, and Sam said, I never said a bad word, word about him. And he never said a bad word about me. And he said he hit him one time, and he sort of stunned Jim, but Jim would not leave the game. <laughs> <laughs> one, play later, one play later, he was back to himself. Wow. Well, wow. Jim is very, he studied philosophy at Syracuse. He studied philosophy at Syracuse? Right, right. and he's a chess player. Wow. And so here's the thing. He said participation is not about competition. It's about setting the standard. That helped me because when I got into corporate governance, I just wanted to be—I wanted to set
0: the standard. Let me say that again, folks. Again, okay? but uh, participation—it's not about
1: competition. It's not about competition. It's about competition. It's about setting the standard.
0: It's about setting the standard. And folks, that's what we try to do in this show, helps to set the standard for excellence in radio and also in podcasts and in the guests I bring and in the impact it has on people's lives. Because I believe a good life is the number of years you live, but a great life is the impact you have on the people who you come across during that life that you live. Hey, we got to take a quick break. We're going to come right back with Carlos Campbell, the Honorable Carlos Campbell, more to come and lots of information. And you should hear the rest of the people he knows because they are incredible. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We're going to take a break for station identification. The videos, the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show and podcast that is now available all over the world, 24-7 on uh, C-Suite. I want everybody to go to C as in Charlie. Suite, like a suite of room, S-U-I-T-E, and and, then subscribe there because they give a lot of goodies. They'll give a lot of goodies to all the people who are part of the C-Suite network. So please make a commitment to go and check them out, and you will be glad you did. So C-Suite, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts is where you can get my podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, you'll get it, but those are the ones I recommend. Now, i also take another moment to thank, 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 thank our sponsor, Truist, Truist Bank. uh, Look, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. Truist believes that better lives and communities begin with care. That includes caring a lot about the well-being of their clients, their customers. And let me tell you what I mean. Truist is really, I mean, really interested in improving the connection between your finances and your personal well-being. So they launched Money and Mindset. It's an online resource to help you build financial confidence and a healthier mindset around your money because that's what usually messes people up is their thinking, how they think about their money. Look, I've spent some time with this money and mindset program, folks. It's incredible. It's the real deal. One good takeaway I found was when when you're on top of your finances, you can enjoy benefits beyond reaching goals. Think reducing overall stress or feeling a greater assurance and reassurance knowing you're better prepared for a financial challenge should it come your way. There's also a truest money and mindset podcast for all your podcast needs. You're looking for some real talk about money. It's called Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. Let me say it again. It's called Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. And you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. So I highly encourage you to make some time to jump into this great resource. Search truest.com money and mindset truest.com. Money and Mindset online, or head right to truest.com and you can find it in the main menu. You'll be glad you did. Well, my guest today is my dear friend, Carlos Campbell, who is a mentor, he is a friend, he's an advisor. He's a supporter and he's an encourager. He encourages me all the time and helps to keep me going. Uh, When things come time a little challenging, he says, Dr. Jolly, you killed him today. He'll send me a note and I say, thank you, Carlos. And let me tell you, he has some of the greatest quotes. I'm always taking on my phone here. I'm pulling up my phone. I am looking at all of the the different things I've learned from Carlos Campbell. Uh, Let's see this one. He talks about... Don't make excuses, make good. And there are three levels. Here's one you you can talk about, Carlos. Three levels of conflict the conflict creators, the instigators, the agitators, and the signifiers.
1: (laughs) Dozens, the dozens. (laughs) That got me in trouble. Let me go back to Jim for a minute.
0: Yes, please. We're going to go back to Jim Brown. He was talking about Jim Brown and lessons he learned about Jim Brown and about setting the standard. There's another quote I love that he gives. He'll give it to you.
1: He said, the mark of a champion is consistency. Mm. He said, in football, during the game, you you, you dominate with your physicality, but you overwhelm with your mentality.
0: Oh, that's the one I love. You dominate with your physicality, and you overwhelm with your mentality. And that's what he did, didn't he?
1: Absolutely. And he said he never missed a game and never missed a practice.
0: Wow. And they would say, uh, and you know, I was younger when he was playing, but when he would get hit, he would slowly get up off the that's right. take his time. They think he's hurt, they think he's done, they think he's winded, and then he come back and just bowl him over again. He said, I'ma dominate this game. And that's what he did.
1: And we when we played a pickup game of basketball. He's got a you know some hoops in the in the in the driveway. And you know, we'd be playing three on three. We play for an hour. Yes. We debrief for like two hours. <laughs> 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 but we'll talk about every every shot, every move. You know, it's, it's amazing. But when he has a golf game, he goes like if he's gonna play Sam Jackson on on Wednesday, he goes out Tuesday night and drives and puts. I go out with him. Wow. Because he's playing, you know, a game. Wow. Yeah, I, I've been privileged to be the water boy when he was with Bill Russell and uh, Freddie Williamson. <laughs> and They really get on my case because I'm not a golfer. <laughs> so you
0: learned a lot from Jim Brown. I love that, though, about dominate yeah, and well, setting he, the standard.
1: Yeah, and he has a program called American. And he's taken ex-offenders and turned them into real men. Mm. Yeah, they take responsibility for their families. When they graduate, and whether they get an associate degree or a bachelor's degree, they get a little card, like a three by five card, and put on a piece of string and hang it around their neck when they go to a meeting to show what they've done. Wow! It's amazing. Wow. Quite Jim a, Brown,
0: quite a guy. Quite a he, guy.
1: He is the most active listener I've ever met in
0: my life. Amazing. You know, it's, I talked recently about on my show recently about a, a impact Jim Brown had on. Uh, Richard Pryor and many of you I might have heard that show I had the interview with uh, Joe Calloway where he gave the story hey, of rich. Jim Brown going into the hospital when Richard Pryor had had the freebasing incident hey. and he said to Richard Pryor Richard Pryor was complaining about what wasn't going to happen how people he said okay 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 what you gonna do about it rich hey, no and, he, and rich would complain so he said no 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 what are you going to do about it, Rich? Right. What are you going to? And he would make you have personal responsibility right. to achieve. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. No no excuses. Because you, st- your daddy told you that. Jim Brown told you. No excuses. Make good.
1: Do good. Let me, you, let me tell you about a meeting with Muhammad Ali. So Muhammad's up at the pad. We call the place the pad. And he's standing. I never met him before. So he's standing in the middle of the living room. And he looks at me. And he says, put him up. Put him up. And I'm, I'm like, back. he says, put him up, put him up. He starts yelling and screaming at me. So I have to do it like this. He said, you want to see my right? And then he says, you want to see
0: it again? <laughs> well, <laughs> he, Unbelievable. He, the people you have met, uh, Bucky, Filler, Bucky Fuller, Bucky Fuller. You met Buck, Bucky Fuller.
1: Our Minister Fuller. Well, we celebrated our birthday. In 1971, Konstantinos Stapias, the great architect, city planner from Greece, um, he had a symposium. He had about 60 people from around the world, and we had a, a ship that we toured the peloponnesus left the, uh, the outport, Piraeus, which is the outport of Athens, and we had this dinner the night before. And he asked me to escort Margaret Mead back to the hotel. We were at the I think, the King George or something on Constitution Plaza. And we stayed up until 3 o'clock in the morning, sitting outside. I'm just listening. I'm just totally blown away. That's how we met. So on the cruise, and this is by invitation only, we had Bucky Fuller. We had Jonas Salk. We had uh, Eric Erickson. We had Sorbai from, uh, I think, India. Head of their Atomic Energy Commission. We had Lady Jackson, Barbara Ward, and, you know, people of that ilk. Yeah. And, and Carlos Campbell. So I had never written before, and everybody there were authors also. So the first thing I said, I'm going to write a book. know, that's, yes. that, that's one of the reasons I decided to write my book. And Harvey Cox was there. Larry Halpin was there. He designed the Roosevelt Memorial. So, and uh, Frank Smallwood, he was a dean up at Dartmouth. And these people invited me to speak. Harvey Cox invited me to speak at Harvard. Uh, Frank Smallwood invited me to speak up at Dartmouth. So it was a great opportunity. Uh, I met a lot of people and it was transformative in in my life personally.
0: Well, what did Bucky, how did Bucky Fuller become so successful? What was his thinking? What was his philosophy?
1: Well, first of all, he told me he never slept. He doesn't he was not a sleeper. He went to the Naval Academy, dropped out of the Naval Academy. And he said something to me. He said, you know, he didn't really need the money, but in those days he charged for five hundred dollars to speak because it forced people to organize when he made an appearance. Yeah. He came over to my table one day, Carlos, can I join you? I said, What? <laughs> you know, he was just he was a brilliant. Brilliant person that knew no bounds of creativity.
0: He was incredible, incredible, incredible.
1: He designed cars. He designed the, the Bucky Ball, the dome, the geodesic dome. And he was very just a very practical. The, the strongest human is the triangle. So he took these triangles and put them together and made a big dome. He was just a phenomenal man and a nice man and unpretentious.
0: You have been in places that only Uh, A few people have been able to be in. You've been in some of the uh, conferences uh, uh, that are uh, the conferences the one that's in, I think it's in Montana that they have. You've told me about that conference where the the elite come to share ideas and you're always invited. Uh, Renaissance
1: weekend. Yes. Renaissance. And we, we meet in Charleston, South Carolina, every New Year's Eve weekend for about four days. And uh, President Clinton put it on the map. Uh, and the uh, uh, Phil and Linda later. Phil was the ambassador to the Court of St. James. Before that, he was head of SBA. And his wife Linda, she's a PhD theologian from Yale. And you know, who's who come, you know, they attend. They invited me, I've been going there for about 10 years, but they invited me five years before I, I went, because I just thought it was a number too. Out of my league. I mean, judges, Supreme Court, associate justices, governors, mayors, the people I met, you know, Bill Nelson, the senator. Uh, My favorite is uh, Ruth, Dr. Ruth. You know, Dr. Ruth.
0: Dr. Ruth, the, the sex therapist? Right.
1: Did you know she was a sniper in the Israeli army?
0: Oh, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So how,
0: what motivates you, Carlos? What motivates you to keep doing all of these different things? That, what well, motivates?
1: You know, Nelson Mandela, Matiba said, we are here to manifest the glory of God that is within us. Yes. Uh, Micah says, pursue justice, embrace mercy, and walk humbly. I try to get two of those right.
0: So, <laughs> Amen. You know, so You also so, use a quote I want to... I want a biblical quote often in our meetings about being molded in the, in the cauldron of uh, fire. Tell what's that quote, that biblical. Well, I, I,
1: Isaiah and Isaiah it says, I have molded you not in silver, but in the furnace of affliction."
0: That's how you become what you are. That's how you become great folks. Yeah. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. We've got more that we've got to share from this incredible man and this incredible life you gotta hear more about the people he has met. I mean, every time we talk, he said, Oh, yeah, I was on a plane with somebody, or I, I went to dinner with them and and I was there. And I say, Man, how does he how does he do all the things he's done? How has he sat on so many corporate boards? What did he learn? What did they want from him? Why did they call him and invite him? It was because of what he brought to the party. And let me tell you, people like him bring a lot. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for- for sure, the best is yet to come. Friendship is not about being convenient, it's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me when you need me. You can call on me, you can call on me. Pick up the phone. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast around the world. And I've got my special guest, the Honorable Carlos C. Campbell. And Carlos is an incredible man. Let me tell you, he mentioned in the last segment about writing a book. He's the author of New Towns, Another Way to Live, which was published and became the book of the month club for selection uh, when it was published. He's uh, published over 250 articles. He is a licensed pilot, a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, the Screen Actors Guild, and AFTRA. And he also has appeared in uh, the book, the good fight by former Vice President Walter Mondale. And he has been in documentary films. He has been on CNN, ABC, Black American Forum. I mean, he has been on radio and television. I saw him one day uh, when we first met, and I was down at the waterfront on my bike. And I heard somebody say, hey, Willie. And he's sitting on his yacht with these big baller shot callers. And he's got, you know, he's got some... Some materials, and he's, he's kind of looking around, and I said, "Carlos, is that you?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on over, meet some folks." He's always open to introduce you to people who will blow your mind in terms of their achievements. Okay, Carlos. So, uh, real uh, real quick, I want to talk about a little more about what you learned as you went through these different stages of life about being successful, being an achiever. Uh, In fact, I'll ask you the question now and we can expand on it. In every interview, I do a piece or part of the interview where I ask my guests if you and I were to go over to Howard University or Georgetown or GW American. we got a lot of them here in the Washington area. And uh, we went into a business class of young wannabe entrepreneurs, young wannabe business people. Uh, what would be some your gottas? If you want to be a success, what do you got to do? A couple of your gottas.
1: Well, the first word is you have to be committed. Mm. Number one, and you must realize that passion is the predicate for extraordinary performance.
0: Passion is the predicate for extraordinary performance.
1: Right. And then the, the, the key is to assess risk and move forward accordingly and provide what people need. Leave your ego at the door and stay focused and surround yourself with just a few people, like one of my companies, I told both of my partners, the most important thing is that we have to trust each other. And if you can get three people to trust each other, you can form a wedge. It's the difference between somebody leaning up against your back with their hand, where all the pressure is diffused, and then taking that same force and putting a knuckle in your back mm. that's concentrated pressure in the knuckle, the so knuckle to, is
0: the concentrated pressure
1: and then you have to understand the value of relationships my life has been changed dramatically because of relationships all the corporate boards you know i can take uh maybe a dozen boards and turn that out to three people and you only have one chance one chance to make a first impression right right and I, I dress to the nines. You know, I wear Turnbull and Asha shirts, cuffs, Gucci shoes, functional buttonholes. All that stuff is important. No flash, no flesh, no pinky. Just my power You,
0: You we, we have a dear uh, friend in common, Duke Green, who I've had on this show. Duke Green was one of the greatest entrepreneurs I've ever met. And you have said that same. And Duke had a business that you became a consultant and helped him to grow the business uh, exponentially. Uh, to talk a little bit about what you did. He was making a, a decent living. and You helped him make a st- st- strategic shift and helped him grow to become the biggest, uh, uh, one, at, at his time, the f- biggest black owned company in America.
1: Duke, Duke was the best client I ever had. And Duke, first of all, was a listener. An active listener. He never interrupted. That was the first thing. The second thing is he would do things. He would take your advice. For instance, I did an analysis. We were putting $350,000 a year into business development. I think we had four or five people. And 90% of the new business came from the professional staff. So he fired everybody except one guy, Bobby. And he let him sit. Uh, he wanted to get the, the contract from Ted Hagins for parking at Nashville and Dallas. Which was a big deal. Very big deal. So I said, Well, we're gonna go after it. We're gonna get a chance to bid it. How are you gonna do that? So I went over and talked to Jim Dykes at the White House, work the Vice President Mondale. Jim said, well, we're gonna have it competed because right? it was just rolled over here like an evergreen, you know, contract. So it's self-renewing. So we were able to get it pulled and have it bid. And Duke got the contract. That's how he got into the parking business. He when he the, got
0: in the parking business, he made millions and millions and millions of dollars.
1: And then I'm a, he wanted me to run the company. I so said, I don't want to put a foot in his headaches. You know, that's your thing. You know, I like the analytical stuff. And so we had a great relationship. In fact, I come in after work, we go get a bottle of wine. And go up on Fourteenth Street and pull side and just drink that bottle between the two of us, <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, we we both kind of stopped drinking. But we we just had fun. But he was very honest. That was that was Duke. He was very upfront, but he was totally focused on business.
0: I met Duke when I was seventeen years old. My brother took me to his office. He had a beautiful office on the tenth floor on Vermont Avenue. I'll never forget right. going. Yeah. And 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 he said something to me that changed my thinking. He said, I would rather make money and give it away than not make it at all. He said, focus sure. on becoming wealthy. And he said, focus on becoming wealthy, get your education and work on creating long term wealth, which is what he did. And so sure. we, we thank God he, he he came across our path. Okay, so Carlos, you've been able to have success in the Navy. You've had success as a government administrator. You've had success as a, a part of controlled data. You've had a cons- success as a, a consultant. You've had success as a board member. You have created wealth, but then you've taught your children. You talk about your grandson and how you taught them early on about the power in investing. In the two minutes we got, less, tell us about why it's important to be thinking about the future and in investing.
1: Well, I told my grandson, he got into the market at age 12. And he used to, I used to take him to the movie on Friday night. And he said, Grams, I bought Tesla at like 70, and I sold it at something like 200 and something. I said, Blake, you're not supposed to sell. Don't touch capital. Let it split and, and grow like that. He's in a portfolio since he was 12 years old. And I took him to my, they call them wealth advisors now. I took him in to the office. And he said to Blake, he said, if you put $2,000 a year, a year for 10 years in the market, when you're in your 50s, you'll have over a million dollars. That's compounding. A lot of people don't understand. Okay, called the
0: magic of compounding.
1: Compounding. Do the penny test. Take a penny and double it every day. After 30 days, you have over a million dollars. And so Blake focuses, he's in the Art School of Architecture. My granddaughter, She's an honor student, National Honor Society. She's going to Virginia Tech, like so on at UVA. And I try to pass on with their parents, you know, certain things about the principle of deferred reward, living below your means, And that's key. You you cannot uh, have it both ways. And this is very Western Indian, and frankly, it's very Jewish. You you, you let your money work for you, there's a book by Lewis Kelso, called the two-factor economic theory, all wealth is a product of labor and capital. In the end, capital will outperform labor every time. It's like the millionaire next door. Very simple stuff.
0: So. Wow! Wow! Well, I want to thank you, Carlos Campbell, for being part of this show. You are just a phenomenal resource, and I am grateful for you. And I'm grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for your mentorship. And your advice, and you're always giving me the true deal, and not pulling the punches. You tell the truth to me each and every time, and thank you, my friend.
1: Thank you, Doctor Willie. You, you 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 are God's gift. Remember, right. that we are here to manifest His glory. That is the.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you again. And folks, I want to thank Carlos and I want to thank Truist again. Be sure to check out the Truest podcast, Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian. It's real talk about ways to reach financial confidence and boost your mindset. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Truest, when you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Truist is a member of FDIC. Well, folks, We've had a great show. I hope you got all the good goodies I gave you from Carlos Campbell. I want to thank each one of you for listening. I want to thank Carlos. I want to thank everybody. Now listen, I want you to go to winwithwilly.com and make sure you sign up for the newsletter. And then I want you to also get my resources there, my books, my audios, things that will help grow your thinking because it's your mindset that will impact your long-term success. And then join us every Monday night, every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, and Willie Jolly LinkedIn Live for Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, the broadcast, where we talk about how to improve your marriage and how to fix the relationship repair that needs to be done in your relationship and keep you going strong. Dee and I have been married for 37 years and haven't had an argument in 35 years. And the book has been getting incredible responses from people all over America who are saying it helped to save our marriage. Go to jollymarriage.com and get the book. And then follow us on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, and Willie Jolly on LinkedIn Live, Monday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern. All right, folks, have a great week on purpose. And remember, for sure, your best is yet to come. God bless you.